What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser. I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Caleb, what is going on, dude? You know, it was a pretty dull weekend for me as we were sitting here recording this on a Monday. Had to work a lot, but a little bit of good news happened. Chiefs did make a couple of moves in the past week or so, and they went ahead and got Jerron Reed this week, and I think that's going to be the big focus of this talk. But uh, before we get into that, uh, congratulations, Justin, on uh, being 2-0 and in the high school spring football season up in New York. I appreciate that, man. We are doing everything we can to not win. Um, we have seven turnovers in two games, so not great. But, you know, we won 21 nothing. Defense is balling out. We had we averaged 7.4 yards a carry, had 259 yards rushing, and only scored 21 points. So we gotta we gotta cut the turnovers out. And I think uh I think we'll be okay. But quick turnaround, play Thursday night. So we're like on the NFL schedule. Real quick turnaround here. A couple couple days of practice to preparation and we'll get going. But I'm excited about the the Jaron Reed, Jaron Reed uh signing. He is somebody who I watched quite a bit when he was at Alabama and uh dude that is reuniting with Frank Clark and I think that uh Frank Clark had to have had a pretty big role in in getting Mr. Reed to sign with Kansas City definitely because you look at the last full season that uh Clark and Reed played together I believe they combined for just under 25 total sacks and that was really Frank Clark's best season of his career in Seattle it was kind of you know, that was before he was having a lot of the issues with his health and everything. And that's when, you know, the Chiefs were high on him because at the time, you know, he did look like he was potentially a top five defensive end in the NFL. Reed complimented him well there. It just like, you know, any good interior pass rusher can. The Chiefs defensive line is getting ready to be scary. I've already I know we've talked a lot on this show. It's one of the strongest units on the team. They're, it seems they have talent all over the place. Now they have a consistent, a two consistent interior rushers. And, you know, Reed is going to compliment everyone well. He does everything. He does little things right. He's an explosive athletic player. He's going to be what the Chiefs like in a defensive tackle, especially one that can rush the passer. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre to me that, that it kind of leaked out that they were looking to move on from Reed and they wanted – to potentially trade for him. And I was very, very surprised that no one made an offer and tried to pick him up because he he's a steal, man. He they For what they signed him for money-wise, the fact that they didn't have to give up any draft capital and they got him um, is, is especially at this late in free agency, I think it was might have been Lewis Riddick or somebody was tweeting out how it's just complete steal at this point to get a player of his caliber. Um, to sign with them and I mean something must have been going on between you know him and that whole Seattle organization as we've oh man what what is going on over there that is Dude, we've been talking about this all offseason yeah. since all this stuff is going on I mean they it is ugly but Reed had six and a half sacks last season in 2018 I mentioned he had ten and a half yeah. This guy is going to be a double-digit sack potential kind of guy, and you put him on the Chiefs' defensive line. They can't. There's not enough people to double-team him because I think that's the problem he ran into the last couple of seasons in Seattle. They know he's in to rush the passer. They're, him and Chris Jones next to each other on the interior. Good luck with that, because you know where Chris Jones is going to beat you with his size and length and raw raw power. Jaron Reed, you know, he's shorter. He's a little more stout, but he's going to come in there with that lateral movement. 
and you know he's gonna out quick people he's gonna he's got a great get off on the line of scrimmage i posted some film clips to youtube on him i'm fired up about that because that entire defensive line unit just got better i think it's a massive sign and i really do i think that now when you look where they can go next in free and see the draft i think they still do need another edge rusher right obviously um tano passano actually just signed with the saints so he's obviously gone um, but, you know, congrats to him to find another contract. But, you know, Taco Charlton, they signed, who I think will be one of their edge rushers. So to me, they, they still need to get an edge guy. But man, oh, man, you think Reed, you think Chris Jones. And I think that um, a pretty good point was made that Chris Jones is probably going to see some defensive end work. Right. And we saw this towards the end of um, this past season in like the AFC championship game and stuff where he was playing, you know, that defensive end at, and first and second down and then kicking inside on pass rushing uh, situations, which, you know, to me, now you got Reed and him on the inside. You can, you have Turk Wharton who you can move around and rush the passer. You have Frank Clark. So these guys, um, it's really starting to shape up to be a pretty lethal pass rushing uh, trio quadruplet or whatever you want to call it at this point, you know, and, and honestly, Taco Charlton looked good in his limited time before his injury last year. So I like where they're headed in, in as far as this defensive front is going. Yeah. They're just, they've created depth in talent and, you know, Colin Saunders, we didn't get to see much of him this year because the injuries got him down. And then, you know, Turk Wharton came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone expected him to play as good as he was, but they couldn't take him off the field. They still have Saunders in that role. I think it's going to be interesting when it comes down to cut day for what they want to do in there. Because obviously, you know, Derek Nottie and Chris Jones, those are going to be the interior guys starting. But then you got guys like Wharton and Saunders, or uh, Wharton and Saunders. Yeah, they're going to be competing for time. And, you know, there's an established veteran with established, it's been an established player in the league. Oh, I mean, I assume he'll take reps from those guys. I, I think they might. I, you know, I know Wharton's a little shorter, but I could see them using him at the edge just a little bit, maybe like a walk-up, get him back to what he did at S&T. And like not an every down guy, obviously, but certain packages and situations, that will be something to see. But we're going to see some good pass rush schemes from Spags this year. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and the, and the thing that, you know, it, it also does is when you have – the good defensive line is it helps out your linebackers, right? So we've talked at, at length about how their linebacking linebackers need to be improved, right? Anthony Hitchens is is up and down. He'll have a good game. He'll have a poor game. You know, he's not great in pass coverage. We know that. Willie Gay is still kind of an unknown, right? He didn't get to see the field much. He flashed in some opportunities that um, he did get, and then he got hurt, so we didn't get to see him at the end of the year. But he's somebody I'm looking forward to, and then obviously Ben Neiman is is Ben Neiman. But I think having I don't we can't get into Ben Neiman tonight. I don't got the I don't got the golf for it tonight, man. No. But, um, I do think that having that stout front helps you. Like you think about you put a Naughty and a Jaron Reed, and then you kick Chris Jones out to end and Frank Clark on like early downs if teams are trying to run the ball. That's just going to help your linebackers, so especially an experienced guy like Willie Gay. Keep the lineman off of him. Let him go be an athlete and just go make tackles. Yeah, and Reed's really a pretty good run defender one-on-one. He's not the best against double teams. I don't think the Chiefs are going to put him in those situations, though, and it's obviously a run down. You know, they're going to have Naughty in there to eat those. You know, I think maybe they might try to find – I mean, it doesn't seem like they're going to bring back Mike Pennell at this point. I think they kind of want to develop – let Saunders play out, but it'd be interesting to see in there. 
the thing I'm fired up about is that's another top 50 draft pick the Chiefs have added to their defensive line. He was second, he was second round 49 overall out of Bama in uh, 2016, I believe it was. So, I mean, you take a look at that talent they've accumulated. You know, not he was a top 50 pick, Chris Jones, top 50 pick. Frank Clark, I no, he wasn't a top 50 pick, but he was a high second, he was a second rounder. So, I mean, there's a ton of talent in there. And then you get the guys like Taco, another first round pick. It's such a it's such a Brett Veach motif. He's going out and getting these guys that, you know, that somehow, some crazy way, they're always end up being these highly drafted guys. That, and now they've got one that's been a proven contributor. And Seattle messed up because I think a guy like that, that's worth at least a fourth round pick for an interior pass rusher. You know, he had six and a half sacks last year. There's like Frank Clark. He didn't, he had the exact same amounts of sacks as Frank Clark. If you watched, I watched the whole film from the playoff game between the Rams and Seattle. He dominated that game. He had two sacks in that game. He had several big run stuffs. You know, the Seahawks got, didn't win the game, but he was a giant factor in that game. Yeah, and you know, it's funny to me, too, because we talked in the last show about how kind of everybody needs to take a breath and relax and not panic. And a move like this just goes to show you that you just you just don't know. It's such a fluid situation. Like, who knew that all of a sudden Seattle was going to let – you know, a top 50 pick, uh, a double-digit sack guy only a couple of years ago, who who knew that they were just going to release him? And the Chiefs were going to be able to sign him around a one-year, $5 million deal. Like, you just – it's such a fluid situation in the NFL. You just really never know what is going to happen. That's why – I mean, obviously, you don't want to rely on these moves, but you just never know. The roster is going to be ever-changing. Like, we've said that – we said that last year. Like, that Veach is constantly looking to churn this roster out until he gets it – to exactly where he thinks it needs to be. So I think they still got ways to go, obviously, but I think this this move right here goes a long ways towards even helping the draft, right? This this is now, you know, you don't have to look to interior defensive line in the draft anymore. Like if that was a, a thought before, now that frees up an extra pick to maybe you take a shot on two offensive tackles instead of an offensive tackle and in an interior defensive lineman. Or now you take another wide receiver or, you know, tight end two that they could look at. So it just frees so many things up in the in the draft when you make a move like this. It could also free them up to take one of these talented edge rushers we're seeing in the draft this year. If the Chiefs got another talented edge rusher, like I'm just trying to like a Patrick Jones type guy out of Pittsburgh, a guy who you and I both like a lot. Or even like if a guy like Jalen Phillips, even though I don't think he's going to fall after that ridiculous pro day he just had down there, you know, you might take a shot on them, even though the injury history is there. But this unit is about the Chiefs defense overall got better. They're getting really close to being special because it's a, you know, this is going to be a contract season for Jerron Reed. He's after this year, you know, with the cap or whatever, he's probably going to be looking to go out and get, you know, that big deal. And, you know, we were talking about, well, why don't these free agent receivers want to come in here? It's like, well, they're not going to get as much attention. But that was, like, the perfect reason why a guy would, like, who plays a defensive line position would want to come in because they're going to be pre teamed They're going to be preoccupied trying to find ways to stop Chris Jones and Frank Clark. And now you've got this guy that's going to come in here. It's going to be lethal. I have a feeling this could be a lethal signing. And, you know, when Sharon Reed goes out and plays his best season of his career in his contract season, he probably will have double-digit sacks. People are going to be sitting here going, man, maybe Brett Beach isn't a dummy after all. Yeah, exactly. And um, to me, too, now you think they also brought uh, Daniel Sorensen back, right? They just made that official. So there's another guy in the secondary. Do you think um, in the secondary, because there's still the the question of who is going to be this cornerback 
two, right? They have Ward, they have Snead. Is Snead kicking outside? Do do they like him? Are they going to keep Fenton in the slot? Do you think that this frees up maybe even a thing? Maybe you bring Bashad Breeland back on a one-year deal even, and then you still can draft a guy early. But I think to me, because where this defense is at, you just you don't want to take a step back. And I think Breeland is a guy that just – he's so solid, right? He's not, like, spectacular, but he is so solid at that corner spot. Dude, and – I know we don't even want to bring up the Super Bowl because of all the bad memories from that. The defense, the Chiefs' defense balled out in the first half of that game. They just didn't get any help from anyone, whether it be the offense, whether it be the officials, you know. But those guys came out fired up. And when you just take a look at the talent they've accumulated there, it really feels like the, the culture that Spags wanted to put in and now his system, we're headed into year three of the Spagnola system. You know, the guys that have been there from the start, like Clark, Jones, Matthew, you know, our leaders, Hitchens and Sorensen, those guys, this is going to be a crucial season for those guys, especially because we're going to get to see just how good it actually is, how good Spags actually is. And I'm excited for it because, you know, I know we want to keep adding weapons, but you got to have defense to be able to win in the NFL. you got to be able to rush the passer and you got to be able to have good secondary play if you want to be one of the elite teams. And the Chiefs have gone out and they're trying to make sure they're doing that. Yeah, I mean, you still have to, the the game of football does still come down to being able to block dudes, being able to rush dudes, and you know tackle. Like it's a, still a pretty simple game at its core. Um, with with this signing, what what do you think is the next move for Kansas City? Because this is something I want to to ask you and entertain this with me for a second year. Do you think that they bring Mitchell Schwartz back? Because I honestly think there's a chance they do. Dude, there's I've seen stuff all over Twitter today about Schwartz and Fisher, and I saw the little leak or whatever. Schwartz is uh, getting his like personal weight room in his house or whatever, and he's working out. But uh, he had the Chiefs logo on the wall there. I could see them having some sort of an agreement where he realizes his his career is probably getting the last stages of it, but he might try it for like one or two comeback seasons. I could see that I could see him heading back to Kansas City. You know, he lives here. But the, I saw the picture of him the other day. He looks really thin right now. He does not look very big. So he's going to have a long time. I don't think he'll be ready to go by the start of the season. But, you know, who's to say that uh, coming down the line into uh, January or December, you know, the Chiefs make a little call out and he has a little hero's return just in time for the playoffs or something. That would be interesting, though, I think. Yeah, I'm super interested to see what happens with him because he's been posting stuff about how he's starting the rehab trail and, you know, whatever his wife's there doing the rehab stuff with him. And you saw the, like you just mentioned, the picture with his home home gym or whatever, and it's got the Chiefs logo on, on the wall. Like, I, I don't know. The more I think about it, there's a serious chance that they end up bringing him back at some point. And if he's healthy, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's a good signing. And plus he will be cheaper, right? He should be much cheaper than what they – they had they had a map before. Um, some interesting other free agent names that are still out there is Jadavion Clowney, Antonio Brown, Casey Hayward, and then obviously you have the tackles Alejandro Villanueva, Russell Okung, and another guy I was interested in a few years ago was Quentin Dunbar as uh, a guy who was a corner that played outstanding for the Washington team that went to Seattle, kind of fell off a little bit. Um, and then the, the other guy is Melvin Ingram, who visited Kansas City, who left without a deal. But um, 
Do you think any of those names are are do they interest you? Do you what do you think is the next move for Kansas City and free agency? I'll take a pass on Jadavian Clowney. We, I just don't think the Chiefs want a guy that's going to come in and be hurt all the time. I know, you know, his name is pretty much what I think is carrying a lot of his career at this point. His uh, play he made against Michigan in the bowl game propelled him. But uh, <laughs> I was, I'm interested in Quentin Dunbar also. As a player, I've always kind of liked. I'm interested in Casey Hayward also. Those are two guys. Um, I think if they brought in one of those guys, they'd. Could still bring in Bashad Breland again, potentially. And those two guys interest me. And, you know, filling away and Okun, it will be what it will be if they do go get either of them. It seems like it's getting late. I don't know if that's going to be the move for them yet, but we'll see. You know, crazy things are happening every day in the NFL, like that trade with the uh, 49ers and the, the Dolphins are geniuses. Flores and those guys down there. They're getting ready to. They're getting ready to load up. The AFC East is going to be competitive, and then the Niners. It looks like John Lynch is out on the revenge trail from that Super Bowl loss here a few years ago. Because it looks like they're going to go try to find the future of their franchise. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you on the cloudy thing. Just to go to go back with that, that dude has never had double digit sacks in his entire career. And you can talk to me all you want about pressure and all this and whatever. At some point, you got to get sacks. You have to show a little bit more production than he does. Like he's a better run defender than he is actual pass rusher. So I'm out on him. I think that the Chiefs they're they're going to sign some more guys. I, I don't think there's any question about it. Whether it be you know one of those tackles, corner, whatever it might be, they've obviously showed interest in corners. They brought Quan Williams in, who eventually ended up going back to the 49ers. Um, so I think at some point you see a corner get signed. I think at some point you see another offensive lineman get signed. So I think you just have to keep an eye out for that in the next few days. Um, but to your point about the that trade, man, I'm right there with you. What uh, what a job by the Miami Dolphins, right? You go down and you trade back. You get all these picks, right? And then you trade back to the sixth pick, which is you're really kind of looking at you're going to get one of the top three football players in the draft that isn't a quarterback, basically. So you're going to look, you know, Trevor Lawrence is obviously a lock to the Jags. It sounds like Zach Wilson is a lock to the Jets. And then from very odd reports coming out now, Matt Jones might be the target for the 49ers at three, which I would just be, I would be stunned if that was the case. Um, but then, but then you think of the Dolphins, you're going to get your pick of like a Penny Sewell, uh, you know, Sean. Right, dude, dude, you're going to get anybody, the top three football player, Jamar Chase, like who do you want at, at that pick? Like you can find a stud. Yeah, and then, you know, you could also go and they can just keep adding their defense because a uh, linebacker from Penn State, he's going to be around that range. Kyle Pitts, we haven't even mentioned his name yet. They're doing it right. That's how you rebuild a team. And and on top of that, they still have first round picks next year, like multiple first round picks next year, right? Like it's and they have two first this year. That's wild. That's wild. So they they they're doing they're definitely doing some some good stuff down there in Miami. But um, any final thoughts? This is a short one. Just wanted to touch on the Jaron Reed and kind of you know where Kansas City might be headed next. Chiefs got a uh, Taj uh, Taj Sharp Tajay Sharp. They uh, got him in a free agent deal. I think he was on the practice squad to end the season last year. They went ahead and brought him back. He's had like the Marcus Robinson type production the last few seasons or so. 
and he was with the Titans, and then he had a short stint with the Vikings. You know, he's six foot four. He's a bigger guy. I could see him being in here, though, more as just someone to compete with, like Marcus Kemp or someone for special teams role later on in the season. But that'll be something interesting to look up for sure. Um, but yeah, I'd be on the lookout for, to see if there's any sort of a reunion with Mitchell Schwartz happening. You know, maybe not now, but in the coming months of the offseason. And, you know, we're about done with the free agency stuff. So it's about time to start looking at where you build your team at. And that's in the drafts. So I'm getting fired up about all of it. All of it. Oh yeah, buddy. I'm I'm ready to kind of put a cap on the, on the free agency stuff and start talking uh, NFL draft, which I think we're going to be doing next show. So uh, you're definitely going to want to make sure you're hitting that up. Um, and if you are listening wherever and however you are listening, make sure that you like the show, subscribe to it, share it around, tell all your friends, tell your family. Um, we really appreciate all the support and everybody that we get and really can't say enough thank yous to for that. And this is getting to be one of the most fun parts of uh, the year, like Caleb was just mentioning with the draft coming up. So um, why don't we, uh, why don't you tell everybody what you're working on, where they can find you and we'll, we'll get out of here. All right, everyone, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at CJ Scoobs. Um, I have drawn read film clips up on YouTube today. That's kind of what I was working on on my day off from work today. I'll probably post a few more tonight. I'm going to have an article up about him real soon. He's going to be a fun player to watch. The Chiefs are going to terrorize quarterbacks next year, hopefully. And, you know, we've got a little draft content coming your way from Arrowhead Live. I've got a little team of people put together and we're working really hard so we can give you guys some really interesting content so i hope you guys are going to be able to check that out here pretty soon yeah i'll give you a little sneak sneak preview for that for that draft guide that's coming out um i i graded quarterbacks and i do have trevor lawrence as the first overall quarterback in this year's draft really (laughs) groundbreaking stuff (laughs) um but you can find me on twitter jdiz1617 guys And, gals, we appreciate it Uh, once again. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.